You are listening to episode number 24 of the You Are Nourished podcast. This is our fourth and final episode on our series about non-food reasons why you might be gaining weight. This episode is about your thyroid, which I promise you will be interesting, even if you don't have a thyroid problem. Grab a warm drink and stay tuned. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic. But I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Now this is our final episode in a four-part series that I've been running to help you understand a little bit more about what might be going on inside your body when it comes to your weight. Because as you've hopefully realised by now, losing weight is not as simple as calories in, calories out. And everything that we've been told about dieting and restricting your calories and the weight will just fall off easily is simply not true. And for many, many people, who are struggling with underlying health conditions, weight loss can be really, really difficult. So as I have said previously, as you know, this is not what I teach. I'm not a weight loss expert. Um, I will never I will never teach you how to you know, lose weight through calorie restriction, but I do understand the frustration of having gained weight and not being able to lose it, even though you're trying all the things, you're doing all the healthy eating and dieting and exercising, and it's not budging, and that can be super frustrating, and I totally get that. So what I wanted to do with this series is you know, give you the, the, the knowledge and the tools to help you understand that there are so many other things going on inside the body that have nada to do with food and exercise and that might be really sabotaging all of your efforts and making you feel bad about yourself, making you feel like it's your fault, trying harder at dieting, doing more intensive exercise, when all of those things could just be making your symptoms and your underlying health conditions even worse. So we have talked about inflammation, we have talked about stress and adrenals, and today we are talking about the thyroid. And this is something that is you know, very close to my own heart because I have an underactive thyroid caused by Hashimoto's or autoimmune thyroiditis, it's called, which is an inflammatory condition. And what you'll hopefully see with all of these episodes is that our body is a, you know, an interconnected, holistic being. Our, these symptoms and systems do not live in isolation to one another, and one can very much trigger the other. You know, stress can trigger a thyroid problem. Um, an autoimmune thyroid issue is an inflammatory condition. All of these things are connected, and by taking a holistic approach to your health and leading with health improvement as your primary driver for wanting to change your habits and behaviours as opposed to leading with weight loss and calorie restriction as a way to improve yourself. It's always going to be better to do it the, you know, the former way round rather than trying to lose weight via calorie restriction. 
So as I said, I myself have an underactive thyroid. It is really, really well managed now with a combination of diet, lifestyle and medication. I resisted going on medication for years and years and I kind of wish I'd just gone on it sooner because I, I barely even notice that I have a thyroid issue. But I, I look after myself and I'm going to be sharing with you some of the things that I do to manage my thyroid condition and to ensure that I stay healthy that you can do too. Now, an underactive thyroid affects about 2% of the UK population, and women are five to 10 times more likely to be affected by thyroid issues than men. Yay! As if we didn't have enough to contend with. Now, I want to um, caveat what I'm saying today with the fact that you need to get a thyroid issue diagnosed by your GP. It is a medical condition. It needs to be diagnosed by your doctor. I am in no way qualified to diagnose you with a thyroid condition. Um, if you believe that you have a thyroid issue, if some of the things that I talk about today lead you to believe that you might want to get this investigated further, then absolutely go to your GP and ask for testing. I will also be sharing with you some links for private testing, because if you need to go on medication, that's something that needs to be closely monitored by your doctor and it's something you may need to do for life. In fact, it is more than likely something you may need to do for life. Many people have managed to come off their thyroid medication through uh, you know, a combination of you know, diet, lifestyle, exercise and that kind of thing. I haven't personally and I've made peace with that. Um, like I said at the beginning, uh, I resisted for a really, really long time going on medication. I felt you know, as a nutritionist, as somebody who understood holistic health and nutrition and lifestyle, that I would be able to manage this through my diet and through you know, lifestyle measures. But ultimately, if you need medication, you need medication. And there's no shame in that whatsoever. There is a time and a place and a role for medication in helping us to, um, you know, to feel better. And if your symptoms are affecting your quality of life, which for me, they absolutely were, then I'm sorry, but there's no amount of diet and lifestyle that is necessarily going to help that. And it's taken me a while to, to realise that and come to terms with that. I was very militant 10, 15 years ago, uh, you know, when I was studying nutrition that, you know, everything could be fixed with nutrition. And I realise, I've, you know, come to realise over the years that not everything can be fixed with nutrition. Sometimes you need a little bit of an extra helping hand, but 100% nutrition and lifestyle can absolutely have a major impact on ensuring that your thyroid doesn't tip over into a really unhealthy range. It can certainly, you know, help to work alongside the medication to keep you in a good, you know, good balance. And, you know, looking after your, you know, your mental health and your stress levels is going to be a really, really important part of that as well. So thyroid issues can often be misdiagnosed. And I'm talking particularly uh, today about having an underactive thyroid or hypothyroidism. I'm not talking about Graves disease or hyperthyroidism. I don't have any experience with that. So and the majority of thyroid conditions, especially amongst women, are of the underactive thyroid variety. So it can often be misdiagnosed because your thyroid hormone is responsible for so many different processes inside the body. When you are presented with thyroid symptoms, they can affect you in all sorts of different ways. So just a, a selection of some of the symptoms that you may experience as a result of having an underactive thyroid could be fatigue, you know, weight gain, even though you're dieting or eating less, um, feeling the cold, having muscle weakness, constipation, menstrual problems, low mood, depression, poor memory, poor concentration, hair loss, 
fertility problems, increased cholesterol, loss of libido. I mean, so many, right? That's a massive long list of potential symptoms. And you may have one or two or 10 of these symptoms, depending on how severe it is. And you may go to your GP with, say, you know, one of those. You may go to your GP, for example, with constipation, and they might prescribe you some laxatives, and that might help your constipation in the short term, but it's not going to do anything to help your thyroid. You might go to your GP with depression or low mood or anxiety and they may diagnose you with depression and put you on antidepressants and that might help your mood but it's not going to do anything to help your thyroid. You might go to your GP and say, I'm struggling to lose weight, I'm dieting, or I'm not eating very much, or I'm dieting and I'm exercising, but I'm exhausted and I can't lose any weight. And they may give you a pamphlet for Slimming World or put you on some horrendous 12-week shake diet. And not only is that not going to help you, but it's going to make things so much worse because actually yo-yo dieting can be a trigger for hypothyroidism. So you know, I've seen this where women have dieted for years and years and years and gone through periods of, you know, chronic calorie restriction. And this can, in fact, trigger an underactive thyroid. So the worst thing you can possibly do to try and lose weight if you have an, a, um, a thyroid issue is to go on yet another diet. So can you see how it's it's really complex? It can often be really misdiagnosed and you might be given medication or treatments for something that is just a symptom. It's not the root cause. And I've, I've talked about in the last few episodes, getting to the root cause of your health issues is so, so important. It's how I've trained as a naturopathic you know, functional nutritionist is about getting to that root cause of um, of the health problem and of the symptoms and not just treating the symptoms. Because when you go on a diet to lose weight, all you're doing there is treating the symptom, the weight gain. You're not looking at the underlying reason as to why that might be happening for you. So what can you do? How do you go about this? Well, it's really important that you try and push for thyroid testing. When you go to your GP, you can ask for certain tests. You can go and say, you know, I believe I, I you know, it may be thyroid related and they should do a full panel for you. The issue with NHS thyroid testing is that they only test two and sometimes only one marker for your thyroid. They will test your T4, which is your actual thyroid hormone, and they will test something called TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. And if that is elevated, then that is an indication that you have an underactive thyroid. It works with the sort of negative feedback system. So the lower your thyroid hormone dips, the more thyroid stimulating hormone will be produced in order to create more thyroid hormone in the body. So an underactive thyroid is usually diagnosed with a low level of thyroid hormone and a high reading of TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. The issue is that it's not always that reliable and also TSH has a very wide reference range in the UK. So in other countries, it's got a much narrower reference range and somebody might be diagnosed with an underactive thyroid when your TSH is maybe 3.5 or 4, whereas in the UK, that would still be considered within the normal range and you'll be sent on your way, but you still might have symptoms, but you're not going to be treated for it. So it's difficult. Um, I would always recommend going for some private testing 
and I will link to a couple of the testing companies I've used before and that I used to use in my nutrition clinic. One's called MediCheck, the other one is called Blue Horizons. And you can order a testing kit online to be delivered to your home and you can do either a pinprick blood test, um, which can be a little bit tricky, but you know, you, you can do it. And you send that off and they send they come back to you with results. And you can also ask for a doctor to review those results for you. Or you can go to a blood draw clinic and have you know blood drawn, or I think they even offer a service where a nurse can come to your home and take the blood for you. So there are you know other ways to get testing that will be a bit more reliable and that test more markers because the majority of underactive thyroid cases, especially in women, are autoimmune in nature. And because your GP will very, very rarely test your antibodies, you're not going to know whether it's autoimmune. And I, the reason why they do this is because the NHS and, and, and medicine doesn't really have a, a, med, a medication for autoimmune thyroid disease. They have thyroxine. They have one solution for an underactive thyroid and that is thyroxine. So they are only really interested in testing whether you have an underactive thyroid because they know that if they give you thyroxine that is going to help you to increase your thyroid levels. It is significantly much more complex than that because the medication that you are given is T4 and that needs to be converted into something called T3 and that is the active form of thyroid hormone. Now your GP will not test T3 and there might be a, a problem with the conversion from T4 to T3. I'm not going to get any more scientific than that but that's something that you also need to understand based on a couple of th other things that I'm going to talk about later. So it's really complex, there's an awful lot of things going on on and you may get misdiagnosed, you may not get diagnosed, but you may still have an underactive thyroid because you can have a normal TSH, but you may have high antibodies and you will never know that unless you actually get them tested privately. So I would strongly recommend that you, you know, you go go down that route if you think you have an issue and if your doctor is not being uh, cooperative in terms of getting you tested. So that's a little bit of sort of scientific background about the thyroid hormone. Um, I want to share just a bit about my own experiences and, and how I came to get a diagnosis and what I have been doing and what I do personally to manage my own thyroid issues. So my underactive thyroid was, was more than likely triggered by childbirth. And that, again, is really common in women. Childbirth can be a trigger for an underactive thyroid. And for me, I'm almost certain that it was. The birth of my first child was incredibly traumatic, incredibly stressful. I was wholly unprepared for it. And it really led me to um, exhaustion. And I spoke about my adrenal exhaustion in the adrenal episode. And I believe that that you know, was the trigger for my thyroid issues. But actually, I didn't recognize that until I had my daughter, my second child, and she must have been about one. And I, and I remember because we had recently moved out of London to Hertfordshire, where we now live. And I remember she, she was about one, one year old, uh, one year old or one years old. <laughs> what does one say? One, she was one. And I remember just being so unbelievably exhausted, even though, you know, my daughter at that point was one, she wasn't a newborn anymore. But I remember waking up many, many mornings and literally feeling like, like I'd just been run over by a truck and also being, you know, incredibly uh, not so, I wouldn't say go so far as to say depressed, but definitely very, very low mood, very, very flatlined, 
struggling to find the joy in life and just did not feel myself. That's probably the, the, the best way that I could describe it. I just didn't feel myself. I felt, you know, sort of like off key, off kilter, like nothing really made sense. It was just not a good feeling. I didn't feel like good in my body. And I was completely exhausted and, and um, very, very short fused, very short tempered, and generally finding it incredibly difficult to, to kind of cope. And I can't remember the specific details of what happened when, but as I was qualified as a nutritionist at that point, I did send off for some tests privately and I could see that my antibodies were extremely high um, at that point. So I had very, very high thyroid antibodies, but my thyroid hormones were relatively normal. So, you know, when I went to the GP and I said, got these high antibodies, they were like, well, your thyroid hormones are normal. And I wasn't given medication for a really long time. And it was only when my TSH actually started to swing like a pendulum, which it can do with high antibodies, because essentially with high antibodies, what's happening is your antibodies, so that's your immune system, are attacking your thyroid. Your body is literally attacking itself and you are in kind of a constant state of inflammation because this immune response is happening all the time. The body thinks that your thyroid hormone is a foreign invader and it attacks the thyroid. And so that's where, you know, you get, you know, low thyroid hormone. So, you know, I had incredibly high antibodies, a lot of inflammation going on inside the body. Um, but it was only when my TSH started to swing about and I was asking for regular testing because at one point my TSH was incredibly low, uh, which would have indicated a hyperactive thyroid. And then three months later, it was really, really high. So that is an underactive thyroid. <laughs> So there was a lot going on. And at this point, I felt generally terrible as well. And I was seeing another nutritionist at that time, too, because it's very difficult to treat yourself. And the thing I was finding frustrating was that I'm a nutritionist, I should be able to do all this myself. But it's really hard for you to see the wood for the trees, even when you know what you're supposed to be doing. And so she had ordered further testing for me as well. Anyway, eventually, I was given medication for my underactive thyroid, and they started me on a particular dose, which was obviously too high for what I needed. Because at that point, I'd also started doing things in terms of supplements and diet and lifestyle that I think was starting to normalize my thyroid and my, my antibodies. And the medication that I started taking actually pushed me into a hyperactive thyroid. So I ended up with anxiety and heart racing, which is the kind of the opposite of a you know a hypothyroidism. So I was swinging about all over the place. And the GP said, well, obviously, maybe you just don't need it. So come off it. So I was on it for about a week, the medication came off it. And then a few weeks later, just sank into a <laughs> like a deep depression, uh, had to go back to the GP. And she started me then on a much, much on the lowest dose you could possibly start on. And I had to really ask for it because she, she did say to me, it would be effectively like taking a Smartie, taking that low a dose of thyroid of thyroxine would be effectively like taking a Smartie, it's basically not going to have any effect on you whatsoever. And I said, well, the dose you gave me last time made me massively anxious and made me hyperactive. So surely, a, you know, a smaller dose. Anyway, I fought for myself and I got the lower dose. And lo and behold, not long after that, I started to feel a lot better. And I was on that low dose for a really, really long time. It was ju just, it was all I needed. 
to get myself, you know, into a normal range and back to feeling sort of normal again. I have since then, because it was quite a long time ago, increased my dose slightly. But again, I've been on that dose for a really, really long time and it suits me really well. And alongside that, there are a number of things that I do from a diet and lifestyle perspective that I think go a long way towards helping the autoimmunity and thyroid. And one of those things for me is being gluten free. Now, do not take this as a medical prescription for you to go gluten free, but there is, you know, there is some research behind the fact that gluten and thyroid are strongly connected because they have a very similar molecular structure. So when you eat gluten, your body attacks it in the same way that it would your thyroid hormone. So by removing the gluten, that that inflammation and that immune response can really go down. And also, I know that when I eat gluten, I also get gut symptoms as well. So I am intolerant to gluten from a, you know, a digestive perspective, which you may or may not be. But even if you don't have digestive symptoms, going gluten free um, can be really, really helpful for managing your autoimmunity when it comes to your thyroid. And that certainly helped me. And to this day, I remain gluten free every now and then I slip because I'm a human being and I pay for it. And that's fine. <laughs> you know, I know I shouldn't, but it happens every now and then. So that's one thing that really, really helps me. And listen, that might be a really big leap for you. So something, if you are considering it, you could start with is just starting by going wheat free and cutting out wheat. And wheat is in bread and pasta and cakes and cookies and muffins. And listen, I'm you should only really do this if you absolutely need to. If you don't have an intolerance, if you don't have a thyroid issue, then you don't necessarily need to do this because it can create a lot of fear around food. And I did end up, you know, going down quite an extreme route with an autoimmune paleo diet, which was incredibly restrictive. And that triggered all sorts of, you know, food phobias for me, which is, you know, where I kind of began to understand a lot more around learning which foods make me feel good and learning which foods don't. And simply by going on a very, very restrictive diet, that was making me really stressed out because I wasn't able to, you know, enjoy a lot of foods that I enjoyed. And it was making it difficult to go out because I couldn't eat anything. And that level of restriction and how much it affected my lifestyle was not worth the potential health impact of being on this autoimmune paleo diet, which helps a bit, but I don't think it was the be all and end all. So you've got to be really careful when you are cutting large food groups out of your diet that it needs to be necessary and you need to be, you know, you need to be able to see a significant difference, you know, in your symptoms, you know, and in your lifestyle by cutting out this food, because otherwise it can create a lot of um, weird food obsessions, because if you're having to cut foods out that you enjoy, quite often you can end up obsessing about them even more, which we know all about from, you know, from diet culture. So just be aware of that. Gluten-free, I've been gluten-free for 10 years now, maybe, if not longer, and it works for me. It just, it just really works for me. And also, you know, I, I do get terrible um, digestive problems when I have gluten as well. Um, there are also certain nutrients, certain vitamins and minerals that are really important when it comes to keeping your thyroid healthy. And the three key ones are iodine, selenium and zinc. Now you can actually buy and I would recommend that you get this from, you know, a reputable supplement company, go to a health food shop um, and get a recommendation. But you can actually buy a sort of thyroid multi, which would have these particular nutrients in them 
alongside some other ones as well. But you can also make sure that you're eating foods that contain these um, nutrients. So iodine, which is actually a component of thyroid hormone, so it's really common to be deficient in iodine if you have an underactive thyroid, um, is found in seafood and sea vegetables. So those like uh, nori sheets and, um, you know, those itsu kind of sea vegetable crackers that you can get, those are really good sources of iodine that you can you can include. You know, making sure that you're actually getting enough salt as well. You know, we've been sort of conditioned to believe that salt is terrible for our blood pressure, but actually we do need to have some salt in our diet. So making sure you're getting good quality um, sea salt or Himalayan salt as well. Selenium and zinc are both involved in the conversion of T4, which is your thyroid hormone, to T3, which I talked about before, which is your active thyroid hormone. So that conversion needs to happen. And for a lot of people, that conversion isn't actually happening. So you might be taking thyroxine, which is T4, and it might not be helping your symptoms because the conversion to T3 isn't happening in the body. So you can aid that conversion by ensuring that you are getting selenium and zinc because those two minerals are used in that process. And typically our foods can be quite low in those minerals because of farming and soil quality. So it is best to try and get, you know, good quality foods as best you can. Um, Selenium is found in Brazil nuts, you may already know that, and you only need a couple, but I would go for good quality organic Brazil nuts where possible as fresh as possible. You only need to eat a couple of those a day and that will give you your um, your recommended daily intake of selenium. And walnuts are another good source of selenium and mushrooms as well. And zinc, which can be found in meat and seafood. So sorry if you're a vegetarian, but also in nuts and seeds and um, pumpkin seeds in particular are a good source of zinc. So those are some, some nutrients you can make sure that you're including in your diet that will help with your thyroid hormone. Essential fats. So this is, you know, one of those things that you may have been told, well, you need to make, you know, manage your portion control, eat a low fat diet to manage your weight if you've got a thyroid problem, and you might be eliminating good fats from your diet. And I spoke about um, how, you know, eliminating all fats from your diet can be harmful to your health. And this is one way in which it can be. Essential fats are a really, really important part of having a healthy thyroid. Because as I've mentioned before, our cell membranes are made of fat and those healthy fats are going to have give us much healthy cells and enable us to absorb our thyroid hormone into our cells much better. So ensuring that you're having you know, a portion of essential fats with every meal, including things like extra virgin olive oil, flaxseed oil, raw unsalted nuts and seeds. So when I talk about nuts and seeds, I'm not talking about dry roasted peanuts and I'm not talking about honey roasted cashew nuts. I'm talking about raw nuts and seeds in their natural form, avocados, oily fish, you know, all those lovely foods that we've spoken about, you want to make sure that you are including those. And it might just be as simple as, you know, drizzling, you know, a couple of teaspoons of extra virgin olive oil on your salad, on your vegetables, over your, uh, you know, your evening meal, um, just to ensure that you're getting those, you know, those healthy fats, but making sure that you're getting them regularly, as they are going to help that uptake of thyroid hormone into your cells. And then from a lifestyle perspective, you know, finding exercise that you enjoy that you can do regularly. So I talk a lot about um, you know, finding the right exercise for you and joyful movement. So it might be that running is simply not suitable 
for you, for your adrenals and for your, you know, your thyroid hormones. But something like yoga might be cycling, walking, rebounding, walking the dog, line dancing, what I don't care <laughs> what it is, as long as you enjoy it. Sports as well. I recently did a, a post on my Instagram and you know loads of people commented about the different things they enjoy doing, like netball and um Zumba and all kinds of things. If you enjoy what you do when you're moving your body, it doesn't feel like exercise. Tennis was another one that I, I had just come to mind. So sports and you know it can be very social as well. So finding some movement, some exercise that you enjoy, but exercise is going to be really important for you to help you manage your thyroid. It can help you to boost your thyroid hormone levels and it can stimulate your thyroid gland and boost your metabolism as well. So again, you know, another reason why you might be, you know, struggling with weight gain and and finding it hard to lose weight with a thyroid issue is because your metabolism is really, really sluggish, which is what an underactive thyroid can do and exercising can boost that metabolism. But remember, you know, this isn't exercising to burn calories, exercising to lose weight. It's exercising for your health and well-being and to, you know, ensure that you are feeling better and to give you more energy and also you know doing exercise that you enjoy releases endorphins which is going to help your stress levels as well so increased cortisol levels so having too much stress in your life can decrease the production of thyroid stimulating hormone and can inhibit that conversion of t4 to t3 which we have spoken about so having too much stress in the body can stop that conversion happening from thyroxine from t4 to that active hormone t3 so man your cortisol is going to be really, really important. And so things that you can do to help that are going to be, you know, yoga, mindfulness, meditation, reflexology, acupuncture, whatever you can do, you know, to give yourself some time and space for self-care and, you know, active self-care. So I go for monthly reflexology. I book it in, you know, three months in advance and, you know, I go without fail every single month for monthly reflexology. And that really, really helps. It's like an intensive kind of cortisol reducing hour. I come out like literally floating on air. It's it's really, for me, I, I find it wonderful. I tried acupuncture. I didn't love it. It wasn't really for me. So again, it's about finding the thing that works for you. And I've done reflexology for years now and I really think that is a huge part of helping me to keep my stress levels in check and help my thyroid um, health as well. So it really is about finding the things that work for you, the things that you enjoy, the things that you have time for, the things that you can manage. But if you are leading a chaotic, stressful, crazy life, you really need to take a look at that and see where you can build in some ways to take better care of yourself because having a chaotic, busy, crazy life is not going to help your stress levels or your thyroid health or your inflammation and certainly not going to do you any good in terms of, you know, helping you to get your weight into, you know, a healthy range for you. So that wraps up our four episodes on um, helping you to understand your body a little bit better, helping you to understand how calories in, calories out and dieting and calorie restriction is not going to do anything to help you with your weight loss efforts if you've got all of these underlying things going on. And I hope that these have given you some insight, some understanding and perhaps given you some food for thought and inspiration to go and get yourself checked out if you think you have any of these issues use. Thank you again for joining me on today's episode. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your valuable time with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com 
forward slash podcast. See you next week. Bye for now.